Uh, hello, everyone, and Logan, it's Professor Xavier here. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, Moon Knight and multiverses and mutants and a cavalcade of other exciting things. It's the Infinity Watch Podcast. Oh my goodness. I thought you were just going to do a Black Bolt impersonation where we just heard <laughs> the sound of your skull. Just <laughs> oh man, yeah, we should say R.I.P. for anybody who doesn't know this, but uh, we're going to be going for all spoilers all the time for everything Marvel related. It's happening. Uh, yeah, it's it's happening. Everything, everywhere is happening all at once. Ah, see what I did there? <laughs> Welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast, season three, episode five. My name is Tommy. I'm here with my co-host, Eric. We're recording this on Mother's Day. In the morning, and Eric, I would just I would just like to say Happy Mother's Day to you for oh for being the biggest motherfucker I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was gonna have a comeback, but I get, I don't know if I can anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, so today we're talking about the season finale of Moon Knight. I'm assuming. Yes. Um, yeah. Sure. What it seems like to me. Right, and uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm. Um, so I, I imagine we'll probably get through Moon Knight pretty quick and just yeah. get right over to Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, but before we do so, let's jump into the news. Um, I don't want to dilly-dally today because we've got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. Um, so let me just, uh, you know, I always do this thing where... Um, I got all my all my documents ready, all my pages ready for stuff to talk about that I immediately think of something on the fly. Okay, Doctor Strange, worldwide box office total. Okay. Yeah. It did not make seven hundred million. It made about six hundred and seventy five million across the globe when it came out like six years ago, right? Okay. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is set for a, over a $200 million debut, and it's likely to hit $400 million globally, uh, basically within the week. Okay. So it has already gone in one week over half of what the first one made, and it's entire theater gross. So uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure Marvel and Disney are pretty happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think... It's interesting. We will definitely talk about it. I don't want to uh, get too far into it, but I feel like there is an unexpected amount of divisiveness for this movie. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I've seen some people really love it, and I've seen some people really not like it. Um, you, cause you would think this would be the kind of movie that word of mouth would send it into hyperdrive, right. or, or at least I would think that, but I, but I Very guess it depends, right? yeah, yeah, um, but I don't know, I'll, I'll, uh, 
I don't want to get too much into it too early, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. But that but but I hope I will say I think it deserves that and and more. I I hope that uh word of mouth continues to build. Um yeah. Do you get the feeling that like post-pandemic movie theaters are just made for movies like this now? Um I just feel no, like like blockbusters really. are just like I don't know like there's like one big movie out at a time. I feel like in the past that just wasn't the case. See, I I don't know if I agree because I was going in. Um, when I saw Doctor Strange, I actually was thinking like, wow, there's a lot of pretty interesting movies either out or coming out. There's that Brad Pitt one, Bullet Train that yeah, looks that pretty looks sick. Wild dude, that was um, wild. There's that like Ethan Hawke movie where he's uh wearing that creepy purge mask. There's uh I mean L- Buzz Lightyear's coming out soon. Oh man. There's Everything Everywhere All at Once is very popular. That Jordan Peele movie's coming out soon. That's going to be popular. So I think I think they're actually I think they're coming back more than I expected that they would come back personally. Touche. I'll, I'll give you that one. I, yeah, I guess I didn't think about all the trailers that we saw. We saw the Avatar 2 trailer. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a little bit of a letdown. I was kind of excited to actually see that because I was like, you know, this movie's just going to be good because you don't bet against that guy anymore. He just don't. Yeah. And the trailer just didn't show that much. I was like, this probably could have just been footage from the first movie and I wouldn't have known. That's exactly when, until like more than halfway through the trailer, I was like, is this just like a remaster of the first movie? Like, what is this? Right. And then it's like, oh, Avatar Two was like, oh boy, okay. <laughs> I guess. At least Sam Worthington has a job again, you know. Yeah, true. The guy hasn't been in that much that I know of, but who knows? All right. Um, a little bit of sad news. Uh, very famous Marvel and DC comic book artist and writer George Perez passed away. Uh, over the weekend from pancreatic cancer that he had been battling for a while. Very famously known for kind of rebooting and kind of creating the modern incarnation of Teen Titans, um, as well as, you know, writing and drawing for, for Marvel and DC, the Avengers and whatnot. Um, but yeah, he had been battling pa- cancer for a while. and He also famously drew the Marvel-DC crossover that was Justice League and Avengers in the same comics, which is... A very rare and interesting story. Yeah. Man, Um, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. Good artist, good dude. Um, Yeah. Did you see the new photo that was released for Thor Love and Thunder? Oh, I sure did. What did you think? No helmet I mean, I think they both look amazing. Um, I mean, that movie... Might be the first ever motion picture to actually impregnate someone. <laughs> uh, like, is that someone too? Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that someone's gonna be me. Uh, I mean, imagine two more just perfect specimen, perfect physical specimens of human beings. Then Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman as Thor's uh, plural. Uh, I mean, I think they look great. I think the costumes look great. I love uh, Hemsworth. Th- I mean, how do we even? I guess Odinson. 
I, I, I love Thor Odin's sons, uh, like, bluish costume, and I love uh, Jane Thor's, it's, it's more like, it's darker, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm a huge fan. You know, I was a little nervous about the whole little blue suit kind of thing that, that Odin's son has, but it actually looks really good in live yeah. action. Yeah, 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 I like it a lot, I just like that it's different, I mean, I think we've talked about this quite a bit like i i just like different kinds of uh costumes i know some people like get annoyed that there's a different costume in every movie but like why well, how fucking boring would it be if they didn't? yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like you've seen one thing let's just try something new it's always fun that's yeah. that's crazy to me to to think it's dumb to have different ones yeah it's like one of one of my favorite things when i was a kid was like the hundred different Spider-Man costumes, or even, like, Power Rangers. It's just, like, cool to get a different color Power Ranger when, when you're, like, ten. So, and it's, like, and obviously, costume design has come a long way since then. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think it's cool. It's not like and you I, see I us think walking around in the same-ass, you know, shirt every day. Yeah, right. Come on. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, re- I really hope they do justice in that movie. I, I'm really excited about it. It looks really yeah. fun. I love seeing the trailer again in the movie theater. Um, I hope you were able to black out the uh, the song, maybe, and enjoy it a little bit. Um, it hit me It hit me better in the movie theater, for sure. But, yeah, that, that trailer, man, just got me real hyped. And then it's, it comes out in, like, two months, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. But, I uh, mean, that scene of... Thor creeping into Peter Quill's eyeline is undeniably one of the funniest Marvel scenes in a while. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I can't wait for and more. Like the... Sorry, I was, they... I was just going to say, yeah, sorry, I can't wait ahead. for more hijinks between those two characters because it's just so yes. silly. Yes, 100%. I-, I just love how they edit the colors to just make his eyes so, like, outrageously blue, and it's just so funny to me. I don't know why. Yeah, we went from, like, those, oh. his normal brown eyes to just, you know, blonde <laughs> yeah. hair, blue-eyed Thor. Oh, man. So good. It works, so it works. Um, so, the writer of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Michael Waldron, he was responsible for writing the first season of Loki. Um, but after after this movie, he's actually... Uh, rumored to be working on writing a Star Wars movie that'll be produced by Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige. No, um, that's about to be incredible. Right. So he's not going to be back um, as showrunner for the second season. Um, he had a quote about um, the second season of Loki talking to Digital Spy. He said, well, I mean, look, everything leads into everything, right? We've hired a couple of great directors, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, and they're brilliant. And Eric Martin has taken over as head writer for season two. So the creative team is fantastic. And as Tom Hiddleston, who plays Loki, Loki once said, there's plenty more mischief to come. So um, I believe that starts filming uh, in the next few weeks. So it'll be interesting to see if they can strike, you know, the same chord again. Because that, that first season of Loki is so consistently good. Yeah. And I love yeah, it. Yeah, really amazing. Same. So we will see. Um, I thought this was interesting. Uh, Moon Knight was set to feature cameo appearances from, quote, three or four members of the Eternals originally. 
which would have been interesting. So apparently, uh, Kumail Nanjiani is friends with the director of the series. Um, and so that's kind of how that all got started. Um, there was an interview and he said, I tried very hard to get the Eternals into the show just because I'm buddies with Kumail Nanjiani. I wanted some Kingo. At one point, there was a flashback on the page. Don't that, we all? Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> that sort of showed one of Khonshu's avatars back in ancient Egypt, sort of dealing with Amit being locked away, and Alexander the Great and all that stuff. You sort of saw this avatar team up, team up with the Eternals. It was a really fun scene, but again, it was so massively expensive to recreate ancient Egypt, Egypt and to bring in three or four Eternals to have this big action sequence. Um so yeah, sounds like kind of pie in the sky dreaming to me, because a lot of the action sequences in Moon Knight, they were just like, "Hey, this is going to be a huge action action sequence," and then they just cut right away. Yeah, and yeah, until the inexplicable last episode kaiju fight. Right. <laughs> like, we got to save save all the energy here. So. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, I've heard some people complaining. Um, about the MCU, whether it's Doctor Strange, Eternals, whatever, that, like, there's not a lot of crossover going on. And I think people need to realize that, like, we are at a reset right now. Like, we had the whole Thanos Infinity Saga, right? The first few phases of of those movies had very little crossover. And then as you kind of get to the climax, that's when everything kind of comes together. And so, like, we are still at the beginning of a whole new book right now. And you just have to be patient because all this shit will eventually kind of culminate together. But right now it's just, you know, setting up new storylines. Yeah. So, um, I have one more piece of news that's Star Wars related. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of surprising. So there were stills that were posted online from Rosario Dawson, um, from the book of Boba Fett, which confirmed that Mark Hamill actually shot, all of the Luke Skywalker scenes for the show. So, like, they have his stand-in, the young Luke Skywalker, but then Mark Hamill is in, like, full costume and apparently shot all the scenes as well. I don't know if just for reference, apparently. Um, but I was shocked that, like, they went through all of that trouble to shoot all those scenes with him because their body types are drastically different and, and all that stuff. But I guess they probably just shot it for reference for the stand-in that played him as well. I just thought that was really interesting because I never in a million years thought that Mark Hamill was on set dressed up as Luke, kind of doing all the scenes that Luke was in for that show. Yeah, so he actually um, did the same thing for his first appearance in uh, The Mandalorian as young Luke. Mark Hamill was also on set and um, did, like, reference work, I guess you could call it. which is cool. I think that's probably better than just having a committee of animators decide how Luke is going to say different things or, or whatever. Like, Luke, the only Luke that matters is still alive and clearly loves being a part of the universe. Like, get him in there as long as, long as you can so he can give his interpretation of this character that he brought to life and still brings to life i i that's great i love it that luke hamilton guy that that serves as the stand-in before they do the deep bake on him dude man that guy looks just like luke <laughs> did you did you did you just call him luke hamilton 
No, no, his name is Graham Hamilton. Did I say okay. Luke Hamilton? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably did. But, Luke man, Hamilton. Imagine just being an actor and you're like, well, I look like Luke Skywalker, and then that opportunity somehow arises. It's just wild. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think the only thing... I would like to see... I mean, I still want to see... Uh, What's his name? Play Luke. Bucky Barnes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's um, that guy's name? Damn it. Yeah, why is that's so annoying? I cannot think of his name. But Sebastian. But Smith. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um but yeah, he'd be great. But until that happens, yeah, just bring in just bring in Mark Hamill. It's a hundred percent cheaper to just bring in Graham Hamilton or whatever. And do CGI than to bring in Sebastian Stan, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. For, no question. <laughs> like, we can't pay that Winter Soldier money. <laughs> That's for sure. We're just the biggest mega corporation in the entire entertainment industry. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Let's jump right into it. Oh, wait, I have one, I have oh, one bit of Star Wars. Never mind. Just we real not. quick. I'm dipping my toes back out of the water. <laughs> so, it was leaked... Uh, one of the announcements for Star Wars Celebration, which is coming up later this month, was leaked, and it's pretty exciting to me, because they are doing an animated show, um, called Tales of the Jedi, which, Tales of the Jedi is an old school comic book that basically takes place in the Old Republic era, which is my favorite era of Star Wars, um, and so the leak is that they're working on an animated show. It's, it's uh, I don't know if it was confirmed, but it seems pretty obvious. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Um, I am so pumped for that. That's going to be amazing. Uh, I can't wait to hear more and see more during Star Wars Celebration. But yeah, that is that is coming. That's a very exciting development for me. You said Seymour, and then the only thing in my head was Seymour Butts. <laughs> That's the state of my mind this morning. I think, see, I think suddenly Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> little Shop. Little. Okay. Um, I can't. I can't this morning. All right. Um, what, day is, what day is Star Wars Celebration? Is that the end of the month? Yes, it's the end of the month. I don't know the day. It's the 20-something... It is the 26th through 29th. Okay, nice. So at the end of that, that's when that's when the Obi-Wan show will be coming out, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Dur- I think Obi-Wan comes out the 27th? I'm not sure. Yeah, because yeah, they moved it up a day with an like, or yeah. pushed it back. I can't remember. They keep moving dates around, but yeah. two episodes are coming out. And a question about that, actually. Does it bother you? Because this is a problem that I thought I had. It's like, you know, they're always like, there's only two Sith, right? How come there's like, in between all these these movies, like, so between the prequels and the original trilogy, there's all these homies with lightsabers just flying around like crazy. But then when we get to the movies, there's only two people, and all those people are gone. Yeah, so it's because, and I mean, this is definitely deep nerd shit, but uh, in Star Wars lore, it, those aren't Sith. Those aren't technically Sith. Those would more uh, be like Dark Jedi or just Force adept 
uh, warriors, basically. But they don't know, like, the Sith secrets on the level that, like, Vader and the Emperor do. Um, but, but also, it's like, the, the rule of two is always kind of wishy-washy, because another rule of the Sith is the apprentice always kills the master. Like, that's how the Sith line continues. And usually, the apprentice has already taken on an apprentice of their own. So... It's 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 more like a philosophical thing. It's like there are two Sith that count as Sith, but, but there are like always a terrible job description. I just gotta say, like, hey, yeah, do you want to become my apprentice? Eventually, you'll kill me, and then you'll take out an apprentice who will kill you. There are a lot of Sith who kind of embrace that because it makes the line stronger, basically. Um, it's like, like once you can kill me, you should kill me is, is the thought process basically. Wild. Wild. Yeah, it, it is. I actually think that stuff is super interesting. Like there's been a lot of great books about Sith lore. Um, but there's not been like, it hasn't been visualized yet. And I really hope particularly the show, the acolyte that's going to be coming up, um, dives into that kind of thing. Because uh, I think that's, like, it's, like, if you think about it too hard, it gets weird. But, like, if, if you don't, if you think about it the amount that, like, you're intended to think about it, it's just a really interesting, um, like, philosophy, <laughs> I guess. Now that I have the power of editing the podcast, I'm just going to come kill you. And then I'm going to find a new <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds good. There you go. Boom. And and as a Sith, I approve of that decision. And the podcast shall be stronger. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, I'm glad I got that education because I was th- when I watched the Obi-Wan trailer, I was like, man, these people with lightsabers is chilling all over the place, man. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's better to think of it as like Vader and the Emperor are Sith Lords and there are only ever two Sith Lords. It's just a title, basically. It, it would be like if the Jedi only had a council of ten masters. They don't, right. but it's like it's that kind of a thing. Interesting. Well, this Star Wars education has been brought to you by a soon-to-be dead man. <laughs> there you go. Eric. All right, let's jump into Moon Knight. Yes. Get this let's. shit over with. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It we'll was see. good. We'll it was see. good. I liked it. I didn't um, love it, but I liked it. All right, so season finale, you know, Marvel started switching up all their marketing materials from series to season, like the day before. I'm like, come on, guys, this is a little ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> this episode is called Gods and Monsters. And how does it start off here? Basically, Amit is freed by Arthur Harrow and all of his peeps. They get the little Upshapti, or Ushapti, however you say that. Um, from Mark's dead body. Um, and Layla is just like hiding behind a pillar because apparently that works. Yeah, um, why not? And then she kills some person and no one really notices enough. I, you know, this episode to me 
had way too many moments where I was like, this is too damn convenient, and that shit pisses me off so much. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you're, if your life's purpose is to dig up some ancient tomb in Egypt, and you're running some religious cult, I would hope that the people that are in Alexander the Great's tomb with you are people that you at least know, uh, you know, like a first name basis. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? like, yeah, you would think. You shouldn't be able to lose one of your people. That There's only like maybe 15 at the most in there with him. You shouldn't be able to lose one of them. And then they're able to get on like four trucks with all of your other people. And no one notices. No one's like, hey, like Lauren, like, why aren't you talking? You know, because it's not Lauren, it's Layla. Right? I just I didn't understand how she was able to kill someone, no one noticed. Hop on a truck and then go on a whole adventure and no one speaks to each other while they're riding on these trucks or something. Well, okay, I, I have a possible explanation for that. Please. It seems like once Amit's power infects people, they're kind of I mean you see their eyes kind of go dead. And to, to be honest, I didn't I don't know if they've effectively shown this until the last episode. But, like, when Amit judge, judges someone as worthy, it seems like they almost get kind of possessed, in a way. So maybe they're not totally, uh... Of uh, their own mind, kind of? Yeah, yeah, so maybe... And also, it's like, it is a cult, and they're all serving uh, a purpose, and, and this is, like, the thing they've been working for for months to potentially years is culminating today. So they're probably, you know, focused on other things. So I'll, I'll give them a pass. I mean, I, I understand the annoyance, but I'll give them a pass for that one. All right. I'm going to be throwing a lot of these situations at you today. All right. I also like the um, Arthur's cane that, like, conveniently turns into a staff with an alligator and, like, an axe at the top. <laughs> yeah. For no really apparent reason whatsoever. Yeah. Just like, we just want to switch this up a little bit. Yeah. Um, also, um, just speaking in the whole of the, this entire season, I feel like Arthur started off really interesting with his whole, like, glass shards in his shoes. But then that just, like, quickly faded away, and I don't know, it just... Just kind of became a thing that was like a character building moment, and then I'm not sure what I expected them to show about it or anything, but I just think it's funny that like we saw that moment at the very beginning, and then that was that. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I mean they did reference it in whatever mind prison. Uh... Mark was oh, in. Oh yeah, like the psych hospital. Yeah. Yeah, where he was walking away and he left like a like bloody footprints. But um, but yeah, it seemed like he got he started as like an interesting like almost like not Charles Manson, but like you know a, a cult leader, and then he just turned into generic, uh, very one dimensional. Yeah, generic bad guy to the, to the point where even I don't know if I like this or dislike this to be honest. Where he maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but they when they eventually resurrect Amit and he is like he's fully bought into the hype, right? Yeah, he, he's like yeah, she's like your scales don't balance, and 
He's like, I'm I'm ready for your judgment. Which that yeah. kind of surprised me too, because like he was clearly corrupt. I mean, like, yeah, we saw that in previous episodes. Um, I think right before that scene, really all we miss is Mark is like chilling in the field of reeds, which doesn't. I mean, it looked fine, but like if that's paradise, I probably would want to leave too. Um, you know, and yeah. so he leaves, and then he instantly is back in the duot. And right by where Stephen Grant is, like, frozen in, in sand or whatever. Um, and then he just, like, kind of has his heartfelt speech. And then, like, they both... He puts, like, their little heart that Tawawetit took out of him in in Stephen's hand. And then, like, that just frees him, I guess. Yeah. So, this had a line that really, really annoyed me. And it was my least favorite part of the episode by far. And I wrote it down. Um, Okay, so... Oh, so first of all, they kind of addressed... I think they just poorly explained the, the reason for Steven's existence. I think... It seems like Mark took the abuse from his mom and used Steven to basically retreat within himself to, like, ignore it, Mm. basically. That's what it seemed like to me during the brief explanation in this episode. Right. Um, Also, I forgot to mention, earlier in this episode, it seems like everyone can just see gods now, which kind of was weird. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure why that changed. Um, yeah, that but okay. drove me crazy, too. Yeah, yeah, that was very strange. Um, but all right, so I hated this. Uh, when Mark was talking to Steven, and he said, you're the only real superpower I ever had. And the reason I hate that is because, for a couple reasons. Number one... You have fucking superpowers. Like, you you have, like, real... You can fly. So, and then second, I really felt like that's just, like, some kind of edgelord bullshit of, like, my mental illness is my superpower. And it's, like... And and I feel like it's... It can get dangerous when... Like, a lot of people are still really resistant to, like, treatment. When, when it comes to mental illness. And I think that's so, like, unfortunate and borderline dangerous for people. And I, and I just don't like... I don't like the glorification of, like, oh, actually, I just need to embrace my mental illness. I, I, I actually don't need to try to... Uh, I actually don't need to try to, uh, you know, search, search out therapy and, and, and treatments... I just, uh, this is actually the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, it almost seems like Kanye syndrome. Yes. Like, yep. and I just, I, I don't think that's a good mindset at all. That that really, really fucking annoyed me. Yeah. Uh, no, so I, that's, my, that's my little soapbox take. <laughs> I'm with you, 100% with you on that one. Um, so yeah, there's that whole cheesy conversation I, you know, I didn't remember when Stephen fell into the doo-wop that the gates of Osiris were just, like, within 40 feet yeah, distance. right there, yeah. I was like, well, that's convenient, 
you leave the field of reeds and you're right where you're, you're dead, you know, part of your consciousness is. And then you're right by the gates of Osiris. So, yeah. Um, so basically, um, they get out, right? And at this point, Kanchu had already tried to get Layla to become, uh, his avatar. And she's like, nah, bro, I'm good. And, uh, at this point, what is it? Kanchu is battling Amit, Right, we see Amit as like a gigantic fucking like alligator, crocodile, whatever you know. Yeah. What do yeah, you think of the a kaiju whole, fight? What do you think of the whole presentation of of Amit the moment she comes back? I thought the design was decent. I mean, it's very, it's very true to like uh, Egyptian mythology, or or at least let me. Correct myself. It's it's true to what I know of Egyptian mythology, which may be incredibly false. A but, crocodile um, with dreads. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah. So I thought that was cool, and I thought, um, for what it was, the CGI was fine. Like it was better than the Moon Knight suit in Episode Two, easily. Yes. Um. You know, I guess I just gl- like glanced over something that was one of my least favorite parts too. Is before she comes back, Harrow and his people go into the Great Pyramid of Giza, and all of the avatars of all the other gods are there. And remember how we thought that like Osiris was kind of like double playing the whole thing. Turns out all the gods are just fucking morons. Yeah, they're yeah. And yeah. <laughs> um, what's happening? Is someone resurrecting yeah. You Amit? Too? Yeah, like what do you think? <laughs> um, and then we get an off scene, just like he, Her- like Arthur Harrow, just destroys them all. We don't see any of it. He basically just destroys them all um, very easily, which was complete bullshit to me. Um, it just seemed really dumb that. One avatar could defeat all these other avatars, and you just expect them to have at least some powers or something. Um, Especially, Osiris is like one of the big ones. Like you would think that that guy's avatar would be a beast, right? Right. Yeah. And like he did absolutely nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. And the entire scene was off off camera. Um, I was like, all right, this shit again. This is crazy. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I did find it weird that, like, we see Amit, but, like, we really don't ever see any other god besides Amit and Khonshu. Um, It's always just their avatars, and that kind of made me kind of be like, eh, like, it's really just like a CGI choice then, I guess? It must be, yeah. It must have just been a budget thing. Right. And so, Amit's back, Khonshu, like, starts fighting Amit, it's not going well, it's like, Mark is no longer on this earth, but then he comes back through the gates of Osiris, and basically, um, Kanchu's like, oh shit, Mark's back, and then goes to him, and basically restores his powers, right, both of them together, um, and that's kind of like the conversation, like, Stephen is basically like, you know, we gotta make a deal before all this is going down, because we're not gonna deal with your same bullshit again. <laughs> how how'd that work out for you, Steve? <laughs> right, right. I was a little bit pissed off when they're like, he's like, you forget, little worm, that I am 
the god of the night sky, blah, blah, blah. And then he can just, like, instantly fly. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? This is... <laughs> this is ridiculous. And, of course, at this point, Arthur Harrow's, like, on top of a pyramid, like, doing some really shitty version of Egyptian and shooting, like, a beam into the sky. And Mark flies, but he doesn't fly to the top of the pyramid. He flies, like, halfway down. Because that's what <laughs> yeah. you do. Right? You don't yeah. want the high ground. You don't want to kick someone from the top. You want to run when they have the high ground on you. Yeah, you want to run uh, vertically. Right. <laughs> which which got them to be able to have the crazy shot where they they turn the shot so that the pyramid is a straight line, and they just both start, like, uh, you know, running at each other anime style. Like, yeah, yeah, that was very anime. You're right. <laughs> that whole scene, I was like, "Man, this is this is crazy." This, this is whole crazy. episode, I mean, it, yeah, it had kaiju, it had yeah, anime fights. That's crazy, right? <laughs> and so it becomes like a fight where um, Harrow is fighting Moon Knight, um, kind of in the city. Layla has become the avatar of Talwedit. Ten out of ten costume. I loved her costume. That was great. Yes, yes. It was one of my one of my uh, more favorable parts of this episode. Yeah, and that is for anybody who doesn't know. Um, they didn't say it, but that is the Scarlet Scarab, is the Super name cool. of that uh, that hero. And so at this point, all of Arthur's people are like basically judging everyone in Cairo, and their souls are getting like sucked up into the sky, and so. There, you see, like, like the purple of their soul going up into the sky, and then it's kind of going into the mouth of Amit, and Amit starts growing to the size of Godzilla. And so I was like, okay, like, gotcha. But then, like, very soon after that, Kanshu is also that big, and they're fighting each other, and I'm like, I thought they were trying to show that by judging all those souls and their souls going up into, into her mouth, that that was why she was growing. <laughs> and there's no explanation whatsoever for why Kanshu is the same size. Other than they needed to do that so that it looked cool. Yeah, yeah. I am, um... I'm not the biggest fan of, like, kaiju stuff in general. Like, I can take or leave Godzilla. I don't, like... Pacific Rim was good, but that's probably, like, the only one that I really enjoyed that involves giant things fighting each other. Um, so this did not do it for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it bothered me. So there were some cool visuals, but I was like, this, does, this doesn't really make too much logical sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the fight, the Scarlet Scarab um, slash Layla, Moon Knight, Hero, and all of his people are fighting... And then it kind of takes a turn and it's not going so well. But then there's another blackout moment and Hero is defeated. Like, everyone's just, like, fucking dead for the most part or almost yeah. dead. Yeah. Um, and so Mark and Layla go back to the pyramid and they seal Amit's body into Hero's body. Because that's, like, the only way to kind of kill Amit. Um, and they imprison her in Hero's body and this is this was a Batman moment that I hated, where yeah. Kanchi's like, "Mark, execute Hero, kill Amit," and Layla's like, "No, Mark, don't do it." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? How many people need to die?" <laughs> right. Some people, it's okay to just kill them, right? Yeah. 
You can't and, be like about to kill Hitler and then they're like, don't be, don't kill Hitler. That'll make you be like him. No, it really doesn't actually. Yeah. No, I agree. Also, Mark himself has killed, it seems like at least dozens of people and Mark's body has killed potentially hundreds. Right. So like, who cares? Don't What's kill one like more? every single henchman all the way up to the main boss and then be too morally righteous in air quotes to kill the main boss. What was the whole yeah. point? Yeah. Oh Agreed. my gosh. <laughs> that is my biggest pet peeve in anything is anyone that is like super high moral about killing in like movies and stuff like that. But like they totally kill people all the time. Oh my gosh. Just kill them. Yeah. This is the whole point of this entire show is to kill the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, you would think. Oh, man. So Mark refuses and tells Contra, he's like, hey, release me and Steven from your service. And he's like, all right, dude, sure, no problem. Um, and this is where I got a little confused because they show up back at the, the little fake hospital. And basically this is where we, we were talking about how you see his bloody footprints and all that stuff. Um, and then they just kind of, like, reject that reality and leave. And I didn't like this because in the comics, when he's stuck in, like, a mental hospital, it's actually, like, a, like, a mental maze slash, like, trap that he's in from, like, a, a bad guy and another god and, like, they're manipulating him, right? I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to get at with this whole mental hospital here because it wasn't real but like then they were just able to just like walk right out of it i'm not quite sure what the point of it all was besides it was like a cool aesthetic and a cool like storytelling device but i would have rather it been like a tool of a bad person using it to manipulate mark slash steven to not believe who they really were and then like they have to figure their way out of it but it just seemed very conveniently escaped and it didn't quite feel that good to me. Yeah, I still... Even after that explanation, I still don't think I understand what <laughs> what it right. is or its point. <laughs> I don't understand it either. I was like, I was like, why are we back here? I thought this was like a whole kind of like trap in his mind. And so I was, I was really surprised when we went back there. So I was like, okay, I, I don't really understand what you were going for there. But it just felt half-baked. Which is unfortunately what I would use to describe this show. <clears throat> <laughs> you have really... I feel like this last episode has lowered your opinion of the whole show. No, it really has. I mean, like, you know, I, I was, like, in season four, I was I was going down. It, like, it, it went from the top, the first episode started moving down. And then I was like, ugh, this is just not what I wanted it to be. And then season four kind of brought it back when they introduced, like, the mental hospital again. And then it just went back down, like, even more than before. And so, um, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, the show basically ends, right? And then we have a mid credit scene where we see Arthur Harrow is at a real hospital. Um, it's actually called, I think, the Senkevich uh, Mental Hospital, which Bill Senkevich was a, a famous partner oh, yeah. for Moon Knight. Um, also the last name of someone that Eric and I went to school with, which I always find funny. True. Um, and, uh... Who also draws comic books. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No relation, though, as far as I know. What a cool dude. Yeah. Um And basically, 
someone comes and like grabs Arthur Harrow, who's in this mental hospital, and starts wheeling him out, and then we just like start seeing. Who his is is it's a real mental hospital, I guess. Right. Yeah. Which like how did he end up there? I don't understand. Like none of this really connects in my head, but I'm like whatever. Okay. Yeah. It's Moon Knight. Whatever. Um. And he starts wheeling him out. And, like, you just, like, start seeing, like, dead people in the hospital, like, clearly have been, like, recently murdered, like, doctors and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? And he wheels them out to, like, this nice-ass Rolls-Royce suicide door uh, limousine and puts them in. And he gets in and Conchu's sitting inside. And then uh, he's like, you can't kill me, blah, blah, blah. I still don't really understand why I can't kill him, but whatever. Um, I guess he can just kind of make things blow around and whatnot, but, um, <laughs> but basically he's like, he's like, have you met my avatar, Jake Lockley? And then we see, you know, the third personality, Jake Lockley, it's Oscar Isaac, and he's got his little driver's cap on, he's in the driver's seat of the car, and he just kind of turns around, smiles, and shoots him a few times with, like, a silenced yeah. gun. A silenced gun with... Less than zero recoil. <laughs> right, right. Big shooting twenty twos or something. Yeah. Also, if you have a nice ass, you know, uh, limousine. Uh, yeah, Rolls Royce limo. You murdered everyone in the hospital. Why are we not just murdering them there? Yeah, but you know, it's dramatic effect, and and then the limousine pulls away, and the license plate says basically without vowels, Spectre. Yeah, and that is actually straight from the comics. Um, that is, uh, I believe, in the Bendis run, at least. It might be in others, too, but I recently, semi-recently, um, have been reading some of the Brian Michael Bendis run of Moon Knight, and that is from that run. So I really, I mean, as soon as it... Uh, as soon as it showed it, I was like, oh, show, show the license plate. <laughs> and they did. And I was uh, very happy about that, because I do like that. So in the comics, like, Mark has his own... He's basically Bruce Wayne. He has, like, his yeah, own, yeah. like, super crazy company. So I'm wondering now if... Just how they switched the Mr. Knight suit to be, like, the Avatar suit of Steven, if Jake Lockley's going to be, like, the rich guy running a company or something. I don't know. Who, who owns the company? Yeah. Because someone has a lot of money, and I don't think it's Mark. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So who knows? I don't know. Someone has a lot of money, though, and so I'm hoping that maybe in a season two we just get more hijinks of kind of white Batman just kind of beating the shit out of people and maybe a little less, like, Egypt stuff. It's very heavy-handed, I think, in this season. A lot of it's yeah. really cool, but some of it just like felt like a little bit too much. Yeah, I think it seems like there's a lot of potential to build off of this. And I understand the inclination to go heavy on the Egypt stuff because it is the origin, basically. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think... Moon Knight as a character is more interesting when he's running around New York and the Egypt stuff is kind of like following him around rather than him going to Cairo. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I mean, it's cool. Like, I totally get it, but, yeah, I think it's... 
that character will be really interesting if he ever meets up with like other characters, I think. Yeah, that would be interesting. I'd be all for that. Um, all right. I think that's everything I had to say about this one. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we rate this and then the season overall? I... Mm, yeah, I don't know. There, there, there was one line that kind of made me laugh. And again, this is one like, I see what you're trying to do, but how heavy-handed can you possibly be? Where Layla as the Scarlet Scarab was, uh, you know, doing her thing, beating ass in the street. And some little kid goes, are you an Egyptian superhero? <laughs> yeah. And she goes, yeah. I'm like, oh my God. How, do you want to be a little more on the nose? Like, yeah, very on the nose. <laughs> But again, I get it, but very on the nose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's do this. Let's we'll, we'll do both our ratings in one. We'll do the episode six and then the season overall. Um, as you know, on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our shows, movies, whatever it is, out of six whole unadulterated Infinity Stones. Um, I'm going to do mine first this time. Let's get it out of the way. Okay. Because uh, they're both the same score. All oh. right. Moon Knight Episode 6 and Moon Knight Season 1 are getting three Infinity Stones for me. Okay, okay, that's fair. I, I really just, thought you were going to hit the season with the two and I was going to be so confused. You know, <laughs> it, it had its moments. It, I was really yeah. excited for this show. It has a lot of stuff I normally liked, but it just didn't really do it for me. And I'm trying to be yeah. really honest about it and how I read yeah, things. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was 50-50 for me half the time. Um, you know, I liked how the suits looked and all that stuff. The story just wasn't quite there to back up all the other stuff, though. Um, and very similar to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, there was moments I loved, and there was moments I was like, eh, this is really not connecting. And so, for me, it's just, uh, what is this, our fourth show? Is the fourth show we watch? Fifth show? Fourth show? Fourth or fifth, yeah. So we got... WandaVision is fifth. So I think we're, we're three out of five shows have been what I would consider to be good. And this is not one of them. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, see, I think this is easily on a level above Falcon and Winter Soldier. But you you disagree? You think I think, it's, I think it's better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but okay, um, it's definitely in the bottom half. So it's it, this is right after yeah. that one, and then it would probably yeah. go for me, Hawkeye, Loki, WandaVision, which Loki and WandaVision are like you know two sides of the same great coin for me. Yeah, and I love yeah. Hawkeye too, but th- this one just didn't do it for me. Yeah, no, that's. That's fair. Um, that is fair. I think I ha- I share a lot of your same views. Mm, I mean, you have me questioning. I was gonna give this episode. God, I hate I hate that we can't split Infinity Stones because this difficult. would be this would be a three point five all the way for me. Um, but since we can't do that, I'm going to give, you know, just because I, I really did like the after credits scene 
And I and I love Layla, and I'm glad she's a superhero now. We'll go four for the episode. And... We'll go four... I'll, I'll go four for the series, because right. Oscar Isaac is is amazing. I mean, he really got to show off his acting chops in this series. Without and Oscar Isaac, this could have been a disaster. Yes, ag- totally agreed. Totally agreed. Um, but... It had Oscar Isaac, and uh, and he did great. So yeah, I'll I'll go four, but but I agree with almost all of your points. Um, it was definitely underwhelming. It did have its moments. Um, Kevin Feige needs to never act like a Marvel show will be like violent and gritty and dark ever again. He yeah, was that was complete bullshit, dude. Uh, that was complete bullshit. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was darker than this shit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. Multiverse of Madness was way darker than this Dude, shit. Yeah. And we, will, we will jump right into that. Let me just yeah. take a quick four minutes, maybe three minutes max. I'll be right back, all right? Okay. Do you want me to stop my recordings or keep them going? No, just keep it going. Keep it going. Okay. Okay. I'll be right back. Alrighty. Ayo. Time for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Yes. Super, super, super pumped to talk about this movie. How do we even begin this conversation? Um, hmm. So, the movie opens up, and we're basically, I don't know, like in the, basically like, in the middle of dimensions kind of thing. I don't know how you'd describe that. Space, yeah, the we're... space between universes. 
Yeah, yeah, which we have seen, um, we saw a bit in Loki, and we saw a lot in What If. Right. And we basically, I was not expecting to see, we see America Chavez, and yes. what they called, I think, Defender Strange. Defender Strange, yep. Uh, I was not Some expecting to defender. see. Right, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see him so soon, right? Yeah, um, same. And... Basically, this whole movie was not what I expected it to be. I'll just say that. Same. Same. Um, I think for for me, for the better. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. Um, and they're being chased by some demon that we never know the name of. And they're basically trying to get to the Book of Ashanti, um, which is basically supposed to be the antithesis of the Dark Hold, which is like, you know, the most corrupting book of magic and spells, whatever. And this is supposed to be, like, the good one, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so they're trying to get there, and Steven is like, you know, we can't let the demon catch you and get your powers because America Chavez has the power to jump between universes. And they kind of get caught, and Steven, like starts, like, he's like, we need to just, like, I need to take your power for the good of the multiverse, and it's just gonna, like, kill her, basically, to stop this demon from getting her power. Um, which is a little fucked up. Um, but, basically, Chavez is able to create a portal to get herself away, and then that Doctor Strange is killed by the demon. And then his corpse and her just transport to our universe that we know of in the MCU. Does that seem fair? A fair analysis of the whole situation at the beginning there? Yeah. um, Yeah, I think so. I think it's interesting. I don't disagree with Defender Strange's logic. And especially the way he's like in, in the vast infinite multiverse, like your... In the calculus of the infinite multiverse, I think he says something like that. It's like, your life is not worth the damage that could be done if this demon gets your power. Um, and I think, while he didn't say this, I imagine that Strange would agree the same is true of his own life. Or literally anyone's life. Um... Because, in fact, he did give his life pretty willingly, I would say. Um, Because even after he tried to take America's powers, uh, once he had failed and America looked like she was, you know, getting strangled by that thing, he then kind of used his last last gasp of power to free her. Uh, so she could go through the portal. I forget right. how his corpse also goes through the portal. I think because um, he's dead at that point, his body's just laying there. The corpse kind of has like that pull to it, like almost like gravity. Yeah, and it just pulled him right with her. Yeah. Also, the plot demanded it. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Very true. Um, but yeah, and then they get transported to what we learn later in the movie is in movie canon. The 616 universe, which is very interesting. Right, since in the comics, that is what our, the comic universe is referred to as. Yeah, the main one, at least. 
Right, and there had always been a different number for uh, the MCU's universe in kind of like yeah. that same comic code, but they're just calling it 616 now. So there's that. Um, we were kind of brought to um, present day in the MCU, and Doctor Strange is getting ready to go to Christine's wedding to some other yeah. dude. Oh, and that was all a dream. So <laughs> oh, right, yeah, he woke up from a yeah. dream. How did I forget that? It's like, man, what a fucking dream that was. Yeah. Um, so he gets ready. I loved, he, he kind of, he started tying his tie, and then he just tied it with magic, and I was like, man, I think I looked over to me, and I was like, that would be awesome. Yeah. Be able to do that okay. shit, because the amount of times it takes me to tie a tie is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and so he's at the wedding. Um, we see a, a quick little scene with, like, that one, like, doctor guy from the first one i almost didn't recognize him <laughs> yeah yeah and he's like in the blip i lost both of my cats and he's like was that the only way you could have defeated thanos and dr strange is like yeah yeah it was um looks like that guy's life has just been torn apart basically yeah i liked so my theater so i went at noon yesterday on saturday and my theater was packed wow and First of all, but, but they kind of like, they they were all like silent, <laughs> like no laughter, no applause, no gasps, no cheering, really? which honestly, yeah, it was like, I could have done with like a little, <laughs> like a little excitement. Um, it's not often you want people at the theater to be louder. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I laughed really hard. I was the only person who laughed. But I thought it was so funny how the first thing this guy talks about was he lost his two cats. And then it, like, waits a couple beats. And then he's like, yeah, and I lost my brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And nobody else thought that was funny. Dude. That that was probably the funniest line in the movie. Like, this movie does not have a ton of comedy in it for a Marvel movie, for sure. Yeah, that's kind of true. Say. I didn't think about that. Um, I would say after the first like twenty minutes, there's almost no jokes. It, like it's very not, not your traditional Marvel quippiness for sure. Yeah, and a lot more blood and gore than Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. So let's see. They're at the wedding. And then they hear a, kind of a disturbance that's going on, and they look outside, and there's this gigantic uh, octopus with one-eyed demon kind of thing that's trashing the city. And it's basically just chasing around America Chavez, trying to kill her. And so we get this big action sequence in New York City of Steven and Wong trying to stop this gigantic weird-looking demon from getting America, and, you know, we get this really gross, you know, poking the eyeball out and kind of ripping it right out of the skin. Yeah, that was pretty brutal, too. Oh, man. It was really funny because Mia hates anything to do with eyeballs. And I was like, I was waiting. I was like, this is only going to end one way with this guy. Ripping the entire eyeball out. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was fine. It was a fine scene. Um, And basically resolves itself with, with Chavez kind of saying, like, yeah, demons are hunting me because I can travel through the multiverse. He's like, are you familiar with the multiverse? And he's like, yeah, 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 Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
There was a good joke there, though. She's like, Spider-Man, does he look like a spider? And like started asking questions. Because anyone not familiar with Spider-Man in our world would probably think it's a weird-sounding superhero name. Yeah. Yeah, she asked specifically, does he shoot webs from his butt? Right. Which I thought was pretty funny. He's like, no, um, wait, I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, like, actually, <laughs> I'm not sure. But, uh, but yeah, I am, I mean, we'll, as we go through, you know, it'll be more apparent, but I uh, became a big fan of this character and this actress throughout this movie. I think she did great. Um... And I think that scene was the beginning of it. Just her, like, it's just the perfect combination of, like, curiosity and disgust. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, yeah. I, was I a liked big her. Fan. She, was, she was good. She was a good yeah. character. I liked it. And her, po- I, w- when I first saw her power with, like, the star portal, I was like, mm, that's kind of corny. But then it greatly grew on me, and I now think it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was just because it's different. It just worked for me. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I would praise her acting anything along those lines. I thought it was just like it fit right in. You know, which I guess yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is a praise of her acting, right? Yeah, it just fit right in, and so I like that. Um, so Doctor Strange notices that there's runes on the demons, um, and so anyone familiar with WandaVision would know that that's going to point you right towards the Scarlet Witch. Um, And so Doctor Strange goes to consult Wanda for help. Um, And that's kind of the scene we see in the trailers where she's like trimming like these apple trees and stuff like that. Um, And very quickly he's like consulting her and they're talking and she's like, why don't you just bring America to me? And I was like, wow, that's a weird continuity error because they didn't say her name. Mia, Mia noticed it too and yeah. And then, then Doctor Strange is like, I never mentioned her name. Or she's like, oh, you no. never said her name. And yeah, quickly, like she realized she messed up. <laughs> right. And you quickly realize, you know, the facade fades. She's not in, like, this beautiful orchard. She's, like, in the middle of just, like, all red, like, demonscape kind of almost. Um, and since she's been using the Darkhold, the book The Darkhold, and becoming the Scarlet Witch, she's basically been, like, corrupted even further uh, than you could say she was before. And she wants to control the multiverse using America Chavez's power so that she can reunite with her sons, Billy and Tommy, uh, Billy and Tommy um, who were created in Westview in WandaVision. Um, I was not expecting Wanda to be like the straight-up villain of this movie. See, I feel like I, ca- I called that one. Oh, you, you totally I feel. Did. I I was, however, surprised that she was revealed as the villain immediately. (laughs) Like, with no no pretense. I mean, there was about two or three minutes where she wasn't obviously the villain. And then from that point on, um, not only was she the villain, she is potentially the most brutal villain we've seen. She definitely has the most brutal kills we've seen. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. For, for sure. sure. Like, you know, absolute beast. I wasn't expecting, like, Billy and Tommy to be so front and center. Yeah, they were all over this movie. There was no mention of Vision whatsoever. 
There was a brief mention of Vision where he had his theories about the multiverse. Oh, right, right, right. But yeah, but that was that was it. That well, was like it. she didn't want to be back with Vision. She just wanted her kids that she created for her and Vision, which I found interesting. I just would have expected maybe him to show up just once or something. I don't know. Yeah, like in I mean, if you're gonna travel the multiverse to find your kids, there's gonna be an infinite amount of visions. Also, right? That's what like, I was thinking the whole time. So that was that was a little and bit and White Vision is still like. In the world, <laughs> like he's still chilling in six one six universe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah that that was weird. Was I, to be honest, I didn't think about it when I was watching, but yeah, now that you've mentioned it, that is weird. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Um, and so she basically demands like America Chavez from him, and Strange is like, "Nah, I'm good." And so America. Doctor Strange and Wong and everyone, they're all at Comertage. And they're like, okay, we gotta like fortify Comertage so that America is safe. Um, some of this bothered me a little bit too. This happens sometimes. I think it happened in the last Doctor Strange too. It's like, they're all sorcerers, okay? So like, why do we have bow and arrows and weird ancient cannons? I know like they're magical cannons and magical bow and arrows and things. But still, to me, it just felt weird. I just... I, I like the Doctor Strange fighting that's in Infinity War. And a lot of it that was in this one, too. But, like, all the other sorcerers, I'm like... Why are we still making magic that is confined to the to the design of ancient weaponry? If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I guess just because in order... I guess just because, like, it's it works. Like, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Like, if they can just enhance weapons that already exist, maybe that's more effective and potentially easier to do than going full Green Lantern and just creating, uh, you know, things that may or may not exist with magic. I didn't but, see, like, a, a, a sorceress, you know, wielding a magic railgun. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my first oh. choice, I think, you know? Like yeah. Maybe it's like a bazooka um, yeah. kind of deal. But. but we did see Doctor Strange's hands come off, <laughs> kind of. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that was... I, I did I did like that. I was like, okay, that's a, that's a more than just glowy, glowy shields. I right. do like that. Yes, please get away from the glowy shields. I hate that shit so much. Um, <laughs> so essentially... Scarlet Witch attacks Camertage. They don't last very long. And, like, so many sorcerers die. <laughs> yeah. This whole attack. Um, and this was... This, I thought, was, like, a really interesting fight. Because she... They had the shield up. She couldn't get through the shield. So instead, she pulled a Loki, basically. And she, um... She got into just one of their... She was, like, looking for somebody with a weak mind, basically. She found one, and I think she was just, like, run. And then that guy just, like, freaked out and fucked up everything. And, uh... I thought that was guy there. sick. That's my, my, my guess, right? Yeah, Everyone true. Else is dead. True. True. Um, and I love that the... I don't know if we mentioned Doctor Strange... 
Uh, maybe this happens later, where he asks, like, why why are you sending demons? And she was like, because that was me being reasonable. Like, you don't want to fuck with me, so right. I'm sending my lackeys. <laughs> and she was right. She was correct. You do not want to fuck with her. Right. And they end up, like, fortifying themselves into Camartage a little bit further. And then Wanda starts coming through, like, reflections in different spots. Which gave me PTSD to Moon Knight a little bit, but uh, yeah, a little bit. The scene where she comes out of the, she comes out of the gong, was terrifying. Yeah, she like does like a, um, what is that called? Uh, the Grudge. Yeah, like the Grudge, or when when you have to get an exor or the Exorcist, you know, where she's like, oh, yep, kind yep, of like yep. bending her bones and shit. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, I remembered pretty quickly that this that when they started talking about this movie, they were like, oh yeah, this is going to be a horror movie. And there were definitely horror elements in this movie. This was probably the scariest Marvel movie. Yeah, it definitely stepped in that direction. I, I wouldn't yeah. call it a horror movie, but it no. had a lot of horror movie elements in it, for sure. Yeah, there was even a jump scare that got me pretty good, too. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Which it was fun, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, pretty. same. Um, and so, essentially, um, America Chavez can't control her powers, but usually when she's scared, that's when she's able to use them. And so she teleports herself and Doctor Strange to a different universe. It's called Earth 838. Um, and it's like, it looks like a more futuristic society than we have, but everyone was wearing very, like, drab clothing, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Um, and they go to... Uh, where Dr. Strange's Sanctum is in, in 616, and there's a statue there, and it's like Dr. Strange died destroying or killing Thanos and like saving the world, basically. Um, so I was like, huh, okay, weird. And um, I'm trying to remember what happens next. I think Wanda, we cut, Wanda starts using the Dark Hold to Dreamwalk, is yeah. what they call it. And so she takes control of the Wanda in that universe that Doctor Strange and America are in. And she's just living like a normal life with Billy and Tom. Billy and Tommy in the house there. And um, <laughs> You really want this kid to be named Tomley. Tomley, yeah, I keep saying that. I don't know why. <laughs> Billy and Tomley. It's um, literally your name. How are you fucking this he, up? I know, right? It's very strange <laughs> that I'm messing this up. I just I'm putting them together. Um, and so it doesn't even seem like this Wanda has powers, I guess. I don't know. I find it really strange well, I think, because is Billy that and Tommy same... were not real in, in our universe, so. Yeah. I th I think this that Wanda has powers, though. Isn't that the same Wanda that... Well, yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's hard to say. Is it her powers or is it the Wanda from 616? Well, it's a different universe, because the Wanda in 616 is, is the Wanda that we see in this movie, right? Right, right, right. But but, I, but I'm but i saying, is it... Because she then dreamwalks into this body and uses these crazy powers. Oh, But I'm yeah. saying, is it... Like, can she use her powers across universes when she's just dreamwalking? I, I don't know how the rules. That's a very good question. But yeah, it could go either way, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so, let's see, um, at that point, in the middle of the dream walk, one of the, one of the sorcerers, or sorceress 
Kamertaj actually sacrifices her life to destroy the Darkhold, breaking the Dreamwalk. Um, and that kind of makes... At that point, Wanda's pissed, and she makes uh, Wong lead her to Mount Wong, uh, Wondagore, which is the source of the Darkhold's power. Yeah. And so there's that whole thread line that's going on. Um, and and so we cut back to Doctor Strange in America. This is the most interesting part of the movie to me. Yes. Um, so while searching for help, Doctor Strange in America, they they find the Sorcerer Supreme of this Earth, who is Carl Mordo, who has some sweet dreads in this movie. Um, and they end up being brought before the Illuminati. Yes. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> by far the most interesting part of this movie, I really wish we had more time, I think, with this entire universe and these people, because it did feel very fast to me, um, yeah. just because it was overwhelming yeah. how many people they were, uh, because it's basically Baron Mordo, Captain Peggy Carter, Blackagar Boltagon, a.k.a. Black Bolt. <laughs> yep. Now, was that, before we continue, was that the same actor from the show? Yes. Okay, it seemed like it. It looked like it. But, I mean, infinitely better costume. Right, yeah, because he basically <laughs> didn't have a costume in that last one. Yeah. Uh, what is his name? Anson Mount or something like that? Okay. Um, Captain Maria Rambo. At their universe is Captain Marvel. Yeah. Dr. Reed Richards. Yes. Dude. Yes. <laughs> Dude. Played by Jim from The Office. Yeah, John Krasinski. Um, and being introduced with some 90s X-Men theme music. Yeah! Professor Charles Xavier in his yellow little metal wheelchair thingy McGoober. Oh, man. Simply yeah. mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Particularly uh, John Krasinski. And now I really, really, really wonder, and unfortunately we won't know for many years probably, is this an indication that he is going to be Reed Richards? Or is it an indication that, alright fans, shut up, he's Reed Richards for this movie, but that's it? I, okay... I am of the view... Okay, I would love to see him play Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to. Yeah, I kind of feel like he's... I don't think I we're going to see any same. of these people ever again. If it was everything uh, yeah. or nothing, you know, it's like... Okay, Mordo, he's, you know, the same actor, different universe. Peggy Carter, you know, different character, same actor, right? She's dead in the 616. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to see Black Bolt again. I think that was just like a nod for fans. Though I would love to be wrong because I love the Inhumans. Yeah. Um, the CGI and the voice were not quite there for me. I didn't love them. But I was okay. so fucking hyped to see Black Bolt. I was just on Cloud9 the whole time. I was like, this fucking Black Bolt, this is fucking sweet. Um, Captain Maria Rambo, different character, kind of story, same actor. Professor X, he's getting old, man. He's getting yeah, real yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. Um, I this was the first movie I've seen with uh, with Patrick Stewart where I was like, oh man, yeah, yeah he's, he's he's definitely he's eighty one now, and so yeah, um, 
he's definitely not going to be like playing a recurring role as as Professor X. And so yeah. that leads me to believe, okay, we got John Krasinski. He's the only new big person right, out of all these people. And the fans had wanted it, and it just seems like a really easy way. Hey, you don't have to play him going forward. You're just in this movie. We just need you on set probably for a couple days at, at most, and then you're done. And that's what that felt like to me, is it's just like, hey, this is a good way for us to appease fans but not have to commit to it. Yeah. And so that's what leads me to think, if I had to bet my money, that he's not going to be playing him in the new Fantastic Four movie. But at the same time, I feel like you're also setting people up for disappointment then. Yeah, yeah. I, I will be so interested to see what happens. Because also, if he is Reed Richards... Um, Emily Blunt has to be Sue. Like, <laughs> they, they can't cast a different Sue. I would be shocked uh, if she agreed yeah. to that. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, I, I don't know. At the same time, though, like, why would she? I mean, this is always my story with actors. I'm like, man, it must be nice to just, like, be able to say no to something like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this, this whole scene was mind-blowing. All of them being there was mind-blowing. Yep, they had the the they had so in addition to the little motif, dude. That they, was fucking uh, amazing. It was just yeah. like, why, why do they not use these old songs that are just amazing? It's so iconic. I thought the music so interestingly. I didn't really notice the score so much in this movie, but I but I noticed a lot of like motifs and soundtrack decisions that I really liked. Um, so I, I thought the music overall was really good. But so also in this scene, in, in terms of like ridiculously comic booky throwback stuff, Xavier does, uh, you know, his little mind power. And it's the same, it's the effect from the animated series, the kind of circular like heat waves just coming off his bald head. Right, I love that. And that was yeah. That. It was so it was so weird and so cool. But you don't, you don't uh, not expecting it. it works. You know, it just works. Well, it worked in this movie. I don't know if it would work in every movie. Touche. <laughs> but uh, but it it absolutely worked in this movie. Kind of like the Spidey sense that was in uh, the last Spider Man movie, almost. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Um. So basically, the Illuminati explains to Stephen that um, that their Doctor Strange was reckless in his use of the Darkhold in order to defeat Thanos, and basically triggered a universe-destroying incursion. Shout out Secret Wars, um, <laughs> and they decided to kill him to prevent him from causing more harm. And so they basically. So you that. said you didn't like the black. I thought the Black Bolt voice was great. When he's like, "I'm sorry," and then like, basically yeah, was, and it was I like, don't know. Phew. I wasn't sure what I was expecting. I really need to go see this movie again because I think I've mentioned this before. When I see a new movie, especially Marvel movies, the first time I watch it, it's me versus my expectations. The second yeah, time I watch yeah. it, it's me watching the movie. Uh, yeah. And this movie was just wild and so much different from what I expected. Um, yes. So yeah, they actually explained incursions in this movie, which led me to believe that they're going to go down the Secret Wars route at some point, because that's basically what that entire story is about. 
Um, so that was wild. My brain was just like on crack, this whole scene. Um, <laughs> so basically they're like, all Doctor Stranges are reckless and dangerous. Um, and basically they're like, we can't allow you to like do more harm, blah, blah, blah. Um, before they can really conduct their whole little thing they're doing there, though, Wanda reestablishes her dream walk um, using power that she's gotten at Mount Wondagore, which also happens to be basically like the the tomb Just of the, the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, there's like these huge demon dudes there guarding it, but like they see her and then they like bow down to her. So I'm like, well, shit. Uh, sucks for Wong, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so she she starts dream walking in, in her version of herself from that world again. And cue, like, the goriest scene from dude, the MCU, dude. she just goes ape shit. So, of course, Reed Richards from this universe is, like, an arrogant piece of shit who thinks nothing ever could go wrong. Because they have the Book of Ashanti, apparently. Yeah. Um, and she brutally murders everyone except Mordo. So let's go through it. Um, Blackagar Boltagon. Um, basically, like, we got Black Bolt here. If he just says one word, you'll be dead. And then she, she's like, well, he doesn't have a mouth. And then, like, they cut back, and his mouth is completely gone. And then he, like, murmurs something, and then his entire brain and skull just completely implode. <laughs> brutal. Fucking brutal, dude. Yeah. Um, he turns Reed Richards' arms into, like, spaghetti, and he's like, do you have a wife? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, good, then your kids won't be, like, parentless. Yeah! Boom, dead. Oh, my God. She just, like, like cuts off Savage. Peggy Carter's head with her own shield. <laughs> Completely yeah. brutal. Um... Charles Xavier, like, tries going into her mind, and we go through, like, the whole scene where, you know, like, the Wanda from this universe is like, she's trapped me here, blah, 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 blah. But then, like, Wanda comes up in, like, the whole telekinesis scene or, or telepath scene and just, like, snaps his head. Yeah. Just in one motion. And, uh... I can't remember. How does she end up killing Maria Rambo? I'm trying to remember. I think it's another, like, just face explosion or head explosion of some kind. Yeah, dude, it was like a crushing, brutal. It was. Oh, she crushes her with like the gigantic pillar that's in the, in their little, like little hideout place or something. Right, right. The whole scene is really just like the most gruesome. It it felt like an episode of Invincible. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's exactly what it felt like. Yeah, because she's just so. She's just a a tank. And and right before this scene, I I loved that Reed was like, "We can handle, we can handle your Scarlet Witch." And Doctor Strange was like, "You really can't." And right. he, he was right. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was so sure that everything was fine. In the depth, yeah. Wasn't. Um. So she kills everyone except for Mordo. Um. Doctor Strange and America Chavez escape with the help of this version, uh, this universe's version of Christine Palmer, who is a scientist working with the Illuminati. Am I right in saying that at some point they're like, yeah, we have like mutants and terrogenesis and stuff on this universe? Do they say something along those oh, lines? I don't. If they did, I missed that. I need to watch this again, but. I know they. So I kind of knew what we were in for 
because they referenced before we saw Reed, she said that she worked in the Baxter Association or something. Um, right. Something about Baxter something, so I was like, oh shit. Oh, Baxter um, Foundation. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, because, yeah, Baxter Foundation, it's like Baxter Building Future Foundation. But that was the only, like, reference that I that I caught. Um, Let's see. Dang, if I, if I missed a mention of mutants and Terragenesis... That shame on me. I thought that they said something along those lines. She mentions that she chose to volunteer at the Baxter Foundation. Let's see. Terra Genesis. See if I can find it really quick. Because I thought someone said something along those lines. I actually ran to the bathroom very quickly. um, Oh, man. Before the Illuminati came up because I was drinking a beer. And it just went straight through me. (laughs) I guess I'll have to figure it out later. Um, when I watch it again, um, can I just say, why do they always call beers tall and short? I mean, is it really just like a marketing gimmick? Cause every short beer I've ever gotten is just a full ass, like 24 ounce beer. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? Um, all right, back to Marvel. Um, so Dr. Strange, America, it feels really weird calling her America. I just got to say every time they would say it, I thought they were referencing the entire country. Um, yeah. And so that always throws me off. Um, Doctor Strange, America, and Christine, they basically enter the space between universes. They're going to find the Book of Vishanti um, to fight off Wanda, who has the dark hole, because that's the only way you can do it, apparently. These books are really fucking fancy. Um, <laughs> and of course, you know, I love, I just love how evil and good are depicted in everything in our culture and society. It's just like, of course, the dark hole just looks like a drab piece of shit, and the book of Ashanti is like, oh, you know, fancy. <laughs> yeah. um, when did the colors red and blue become the cover, the colors for evil and good? Was that Star Wars or prior to Star Wars? Is that's what I question. I feel like red has always been a like a a darker it's color like in the sense that it's sinister yeah. and bad. Um, and blue, I don't know. They, I mean, it's definitely more of like a light and dark kind of thing, um, yeah. but a little less so. But I'm sure Star Wars definitely enhanced that if it, if it wasn't something that they, you know, created. But I would be surprised if that was kind of the origin of those two colors being the antithesis of each other. Yeah, yeah. But definitely helped it along a bit. Um, and so, I think, let's see. Does... Wanda kind of take over America's mind at some point. I'm trying to remember what happens next. No, so America... Christine's trying to get America out of the cage that they put her in. And America discovers that in addition to being able to punch through universes, she can also just punch really hard in general. Right, right. And so she starts punching through the, the... casing and then i think and while this is happening dr strange is fighting mordo and i thought it was really interesting how he basically baited him he's like you know my my universe is mordo hated me i bet you kind of do too huh hey yeah. <laughs> like i uh i thought that was uh that was really good um, I'm just really happy that like the end credit scene of the first Doctor Strange movie was setting up the sequel to be something really lame 
because they're like Baron Mordo's mad or bad now. Blah 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 blah. Like we haven't we haven't even seen Baron Mordo six one six at all, and this movie was infinitely better than any movie that could involve him. Yes, agreed, agreed. Um, but and yeah, so, but then oh oh yeah, and then they start running through the yeah the tunnel thing. This is like the horror sequence yep. where she's following yep. them basically, and so. They end up going through a door after a bunch of, like, Wanda's chasing them, and it's super terrifying. Um, but, of course, they do the thing where they shut a door, and she finally doesn't break through it, and then they just stand there, and I'm like, fucking move! Like, what are you it's waiting for? crazy. I yeah. hate shit like crazy. that so much. Same. Let's wait for the person to be even closer to us. Same. Um, or wait, up... if you're going to wait, wait for two seconds. Right, yeah, Don't they really like... waited. They really yeah. waited there. Yeah. Um, and so... They end up going in between universes again, and then Chavez, America Chavez, uses her powers, and they go to another universe, but it's been, like, destroyed by an incursion, which I found weird because if an incursion destroys a universe in the comics, it's, like, exploded, doesn't exist anymore. But, like, this universe, it's like, uh, there was another Doctor Strange there that used the Darkhold, and basically, this world is all fucked up now. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if it's just, if it's similar. So, and I think, so I, I was wrong about this one. The, this does seem like a different Dark Doctor Strange. But, it seems similar in the sense that the what if Dark Doctor Strange used the power of him absorbing all these demons to survive in an incursion universe this one potentially just use the power of the dark hold to keep a part of that universe from totally becoming nothingness that's kind of how i took it yeah yeah i would agree for sure um and it was a really interesting design i thought it was kind of loki-esque um i i liked it and you know we didn't we didn't get the line from the trailer where he's like things just got a little out of hand yeah, <laughs> we didn't yeah, which, get that, which was probably fine. Good. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so at this point, let me see. I'm trying to think. Oh, I gotta look at my notes here. Um, Maximoff has America Chavez, I think, at this point, right? And she's using a spell on Mount Wondegore to try and take her powers. Um. Doctor Strange and yeah, cause, yeah, because we miss because they do get to the Book of Vashanti, and then interestingly, it seemed like one single page was ripped out and destroyed. And I wonder if we're gonna hear about that one page ever again. Oh, I didn't um, notice that. I don't think I remember that happening. Yeah, like during the struggle, the book kind of gets ripped from Doctor Strange's hands, and then yeah, page is uh is destroyed how did i forget how wanda got america back to the 616 universe do you remember so i think she kind of pushed dr strange and christine they went through the portal to go to the incursion destroyed world but wanda was able to grab her and take her with her right through one of the doors not through america's port yeah 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 okay okay i remember um And so she's, like, trying to get her powers out of her. We see most of the sequence between Doctor Strange fighting that universe's Doctor Strange, who had been corrupted by the Darkhold, 
And I think this is, is this the scene where they have, like, the magical music fight? Yeah, yeah, Why? I genuinely love that. Same! Apparently some people thought it was really corny. Um, I thought it was great. I yes. thought it was really fun. Um, and so that was cool. It felt very comic booky, and I, I felt like it wasn't quite executed as best as it could, but it was good enough for me that I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. I think it could have been way more corny if all of the music happening in that scene was corresponding to the fight, but it wasn't. I thought I thought the fight music was just complementing the score, which I which I think was the correct way to do that. I think it could have easily been super corny. Um but I did not think the corniest part I thought was the very last Attack where Doctor Strange, our six one six Doctor Strange, uh, plucks the harp. Um, that was a little like okay, but everything else I thought was was awesome. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was a cool little interesting fight. Um, yeah. and so he defeats that Strange. Um, let's see, and then he uses the Dark Hold. That's right. Okay, that's what he does. He uses the Dark Hold to dreamwalk into the corpse of Defender Strange, who was buried on Earth-616. And with Wong's help, Doctor Strange saves America from Wanda, and, like, basically is like, no, like, America, you can use your powers, you know how to use your powers, you can do it. And then at that point, she basically is able to kind of control them. Um, Did you feel like Zombie Strange was kind of a fake-out? Yes, oh, 100% was. It was no zombie <laughs> strange. It was just, uh, they made him kind of look like that, and it was totally just that, that one dude, right? Which yeah. I was kind of glad, like, I, I was really worried seeing all the different Doctor Stranges that this was going to end up being a little bit hokey, but they they pulled the, the one over on me, that was for sure. Yeah, I think it I think it works. Also, we, we missed this part. During the first multiverse travel... Unfortunately, they only went to the What If universe for, like, less than one second. <laughs> it was, uh... And I'm not even sure if it flash. was. I mean, it was just, like, some sort of animated universe, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. But I think, I mean, the art style was for sure the What If art style. Um, so I think that it probably was... It probably was intended to be that. But, um... And then the paint universe is pretty cool too, but I but that uh, getting off track. <laughs> I was definitely expecting more multiversal jumps than we got. Yeah, and same. I was expecting more cameos slash weird kind of like, ooh, look at this moment than we got. Uh, same, but I'm not mad about the uh, amount that we got though. Yeah, no, I, I think I it agrees. It could have not been super good if it just kind of became a clip show kind of thing. Yes, um, yes, and so that's good. So, let's see. America transports Wanda to that incursion-destroyed world where she sees... Uh, or no, not to, not the incursion one. To 838, which was the one with the Illuminati. And she sees Billy and Tommy, like, scared in fear when they see her. And... Um, I thought this scene was kind of brutal. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty... It's pretty rough. And then, like, the Wanda from that universe was like, she's like, they're loved, blah, 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 blah. And Wanda basically is, like, destroyed by, like, the fact that their kids are terrified of her. 
She uses her own powers to bring down Mount Wondagore, destroying all copies of the Darkholds throughout the multiverse, um, and basically killing herself in the process. I don't think she's actually dead, though. No way. Yeah, she's because coming back. she's sure. at, like, peak popularity right now. Yeah. Um, before Christine returns to, to her universe, Doctor Strange tells her that... He still loves his universe as Palm or Christine as well, but he's too scared to have a real relationship. Um, and so that's kind of there, I guess. Um, let's see. Comertage is being repaired by all the surviving people, and they're uh, continuing to train. And it looks like America is getting trained to be a sorceress too. I wasn't super fond of that because I feel like she's her own person. She doesn't need to be a sorcerer. Yeah, yeah, but it, to be fair, it seemed like she wasn't super great at it, so maybe they'll just be like, eh, she gave it a go, it helped her master her own powers, but she's not gonna, you know, maybe, you maybe it'll be one of those things. If you take one class at sorcerer school, they just give you all kinds of wild clothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Oh my goodness. Um... And so there's concerns that because Doctor Strange used the dark hole a little bit that he'll be corrupted, and he develops a third eye as a result of using that. Um, yeah, in so, a very weird final scene. Yeah, what was up with that? He basically <laughs> just like like goes outside of the sanctum and then like kind of screams and then his eye opens yeah, up. Yeah, just starts screaming. Yeah, I'm not super sold on the third eye CGI, but you know it's just a weird thing in general. I think. Yeah. Um. And so that's the end of the movie proper. Um, we get a mid credit scene that was kind of shocking. Um, yeah. Strange is basically approached. It seemed like a continuation of the end of the movie almost. Uh, he's approached by Clea, um, the niece of Dormammu um, yeah. from the Dark Dimension. And by often... Charlize Theron. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How Looking did great in the costume. Yeah, oh yeah, very comic accurate, right? Yeah. I have no idea how they kept that a secret from people. Yeah, that's big. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, in addition to being Dorna- Dormammu's niece, Clea is also a frequent love interest of Doctor Strange in the comics. Um, so that will be very interesting to see how that develops. Yeah, yeah. I was very surprised to see her. See the comic accurate stuff, and it seems like Dormammu is going to be back then because you don't really have her in it without him being somewhat involved. Um, and so, very interesting, very interesting after or mid credit scene. And so, I was like, "Oh man, I really hope they have another good one." Um, but we didn't mention this earlier. The after credit scene features Bruce Campbell, who's in every single film basically that um, Sam Raimi directs. Sam Raimi directs, right? <laughs> and so, previously on Earth Earth eight three eight. Um, he has him, like, hitting himself, and then at the very end, he finally stops, you know, punching himself in the face, um, you know, and he's a vendor of a food stall called Pizza Papa, which was a great thing. I love that yeah. uh, America just, like, gets pizza in every oh. dimension that she goes to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so silly. Um, but yeah, but... and then that that was the movie. Yeah, and then it's it's a very... Deadpool-esque uh, that final scene where Bruce Campbell finally stops hitting himself, then he looks directly at the audience and just goes it's over! Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's over. 
Loved it. Absolutely. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. I, I often, you know, I, I always want the end credit scenes to be something mind-blowing, but that one was funny enough to where I was not mad. I was like, all right, you got me. They it's can't all just be crazy cliffhangers all the time, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, uh, that wraps up Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Are you ready yeah. to rate this bitch? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right, I'll let you go first this time. All right, uh, so I was telling you the other day, this is my favorite experience watching a Marvel movie since probably Endgame. Um, wow. I loved this movie. So for me, this is an easy six out of six in Infinity Stones. Oh my goodness. Um, I like this better than No Way Home. That's crazy. I would never um, expect that. No, me neither. Me neither. Uh, I just, there's so much, it was super comic booky. There were definitely some Sam Raimi dialogue choices where I was like, Ugh! This is so dumb! Why'd you yeah. say that? But, uh, but they were few and far between, and I was enjoying the movie so much otherwise that they, they didn't, definitely didn't, like, ruin it for me. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I am just kind of, I mean, I just don't have the time or the desire to go to the theater to see it again, but I will absolutely be watching this movie as soon as it is available on, uh, streaming or DVD or whatever. Uh, Add that to our, uh, add that to our Tommy and Eric movie series. Yes, yes. Can't wait. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I, I loved it. So, six, six yeah, out of six. Six from out of me. six. All right, I'm going to preface this and saying I need to watch this again. I really need to watch it again, because I, I usually watch these twice before we talk about them. I only saw this once. Yeah. Um, and our scale, our scale of rating movies, we've, we've enslaved ourselves, ourselves to a scale that is torture. Um, <laughs> at this point in time, I'm giving it a four. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it feels really 4.5 in my brain. I think okay. the moment I see it one more time, it's, it'll easily be a five. But at this yeah. moment, it was a four. Um, it was not quite what I expected it to be. I love the Illuminati. I wish we had some more time with all of them um, instead of them just kind of being like a foil to Wanda's power. Um, I was a little confused by the lack of vision after the Billy and Tommy stuff came up. And so that was a little bit weird. I love seeing Wanda as the villain. Um, I love that it wasn't too much different Doctor Strange kind of characters in there. Um, America Chavez was good. Um, the CGI at times is a little, little rough for me sometimes. Um, I could like feel like we were sitting in a, like a, a soundstage. Um, but overall I thought it was really good. Um, and I'm really excited. I want to go see it again in like the next couple days cause it was just a wild experience. Um, yeah. And so I really hope Wanda's not dead. I love the mid credit scene. I thought that was good. Um, and this is just like, to me, it felt like a very good representation for like what the Dr. Strange comics from like back in the day and like the, uh, the seventies, eighties, nineties were right. It was just like a, a fucking wild acid trip and you're just crazy shit and crazy visuals and it was just fun. And so, um, yeah, I thought it was really good, but I'll give it a four, probably going to bump that up to a five after I see it again, but that's where I'm at right now. 
Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I I felt like this movie was extremely comic booky, and um, one thing I didn't mention, but this movie made I don't know if it like this movie made me feel the same way that like early two thousands superhero movies made me feel, but like the good like. The, the good parts, not like the overly leather kind of corny parts. But it's like, I don't know, it just had something about it. It's kind it's of like the wholesomeness of those movies, but like taking the poorly executed parts out of them, really. Yeah, I would agree with yeah. That. And, and, and not being afraid to do... I think it rode the line of taking some comic booky swings, but without being too corny really well and especially because right. i have like a very low tolerance for like corniness um and like i said there were definitely some lines that were super stereotypical and annoyed me um but in Is general you an egyptian superhero yeah <laughs> um but in general like i feel like they could have easily made the the X Men, the X Men theme, corny. I don't think that was corny. I think that worked. Um, it just wasn't afraid to be what it was. Yes, that was nice. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, I huge fan. Loved it. Nice. All right, let's jump over to recommendations. Do you have anything exciting for us this week? Drywall tips? Anything along those lines? <laughs> yeah, I've I've still not been. Um, consuming a ton of media. However, I did pick up and I very briefly played the new Lego Star Wars game, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. And um, it's amazing. Everybody knows it's amazing. Everybody. Uh, I mean, there's, I, I've, I haven't seen a single negative opinion about it. And I don't see how you could have one. It's a Lego game. It's a Star Wars game. Everybody knows what those are. It's probably the best interpretation of both of those to date. Um, I think it's my it's least, favorite, least favorite Star Wars game ever created for me personally. <laughs> I mean, this one that you definitely have never played? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Yeah. yeah. All right, core. well. Touche. Yeah. Touche. Can you play this on anything? So just like um, I th- I don't know about Switch, but I think uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC for sure. Damn, um, do Nintendo dirty. Oh no, it's on Switch. It's on Switch. Is it? Yeah. Well, the Skywalker Saga is. Yeah, yeah. I just looked it up on. Wow. Okay. Wikipedia. Okay. Nice. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's super good. You can play through all nine movies. You can start. At the beginning of any of the three trilogies, and then you have to play through those trilogies. So I just started with episode one, um, and I recently completed episode one. I'm on to episode two, and I'm just going to play through them chronologically. Um, it's cool, and the whole thing's like open world, so you can like fly around the galaxy to different planets. It's, it's, uh, I mean, they did an amazing job with it. They did way more than they had to do. You know, these video games uh, always seem to me like they shouldn't work as well as they do. Like the Lego animation of them. Yeah, yeah. Lego's probably so happy. Yeah, I mean, they really, 
they really uh, have a good thing going for it's sure. Crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Boom. Yeah. Get it everywhere. Um, I haven't been doing too much, but what I did start watching because it just started coming out again is Better Call Saul season six. Oh yeah. And dude, I I need to reiterate something I'm sure I've said previously. Uh, Better Call Saul is hands down a way better show than than Breaking Bad ever was. Wow. It I don't. Is, I don't think I agree with that. I think they're both amazing. It is so good at just like slow burn drama, and yeah. I expected the show to not be as good at this point. You know, it's it's a it's a spinoff, and spinoffs very rarely are uh, good. You know, and every single season, this is season six, final season, has been amazing, and it's never been the same thing. You know, they're they're all a little bit different, but. I just really think the show is 10 out of 10. The quality is so good. It's written so well. And it always just keeps you on the edge of your seat. And then you see the credits pop up and you always get so pissed. And it's just so brilliant. So if you haven't watched yeah, Better Call Saul, if you liked Breaking Bad, you'll like Better Call Saul. And yes. it's it's really good. It's funny. It's clever. And it's brutal, too, at points. Because obviously it still deals with some of the same... Uh, subject matter of you know the drug cartels and whatnot so highly recommend it if you haven't watched it perfect time to catch up and binge it all um super good better call Saul last season's out right now so check and there's a guy who thinks he's allergic to electricity and that's (laughs) that's uh that uh, makes me laugh i i don't spoiler alert i don't think he's still around in the show but he was in the show right Right. That was a wild storyline, man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I think the show's actually even got a lot better since those seasons when he was on it. But, man, so good. Um, all right, if you want to hit us up, Twitter, at Infinity Rewatch. There have been some requests, Eric, for your coin trick, but those may need to wait until later on. Um, ah, okay, okay. You can also shoot us an email at theinfinitywatchpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you include the subject line, fuck the billionaires. Fuck the billionaires.